grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. I'm offering you my pain, my blood, my pleasure. I'm offering you the right to whip, to debase and harm. I'm offering to fight your needs with my own. I'm willing to join you in the darkness and find pleasure in excruciating pain. I'm willing to be your monster. Tonight, we delve into the murky waters of BDSM with Mistress Anastasia. She candidly shares her story about how she became a mistress and the surprising revelations along the way. It's a fascinating journey. I hope you'll take it with me tonight on After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. Meet me in the Red Room. For a lot of us, the first time that BDSM came into pop culture was, of course, with the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. But there's a lot more to this industry than what we read or saw on the screen. And we're going to dive into the real world of BDSM, submission and domination. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to After Dark, Mistress Anastasia. How are you today? Good morning. I'm really well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show as well. Really appreciate that. Absolutely no problem at all. And look, I wanted to start with your story. We're going to unpack over the course of this show what this actually is in practice. But first of all, I'm really interested in your story. So where did this all start in the adult industry for you? Well, it sort of started at a very young age, I guess, my passion for um, the industry started when I was 19 as a stripper. Yeah. Um, very stereotypical country girl moved to the city and my first job was as a stripper. I always had a bit of a double life yeah. with a corporate job and a night job and uh, when I was about 21, I started to go to BDSM and kink parties in Sydney mm. and I met some amazing people. I've done some crazy stuff in my personal yeah. life and I've made lifelong friendships with some of the people I've met in the scene as well. Mm. Um, and then I guess like a natural progression over the years with the adult industry, I ended up just, um, I ended up as a professional dominatrix a few years ago. Um, As I just wanted to combine my passion and I guess a profession as well. And I quit the corporate life that wasn't serving me and I decided to live life more authentically and in line with who I am and with what I'm genuinely passionate about as well. You know what? That is an amazing – and first of all, first of all, you should trademark the movie rights to your story now. <laughs> but yes. it's 
it's a fantastic thing that what you have said is that because a lot of people I think are under the misconception that people are in the adult industry because they don't have a choice. Uh, because yeah. they're doing it for the money that there may be, uh, you know, addictions and that sort of thing that they're feeding. That's the only way they can do it. But in reality, yeah. through this uh, platform that I've had for the last year, is that people are genuinely passionate about their work and they take it yeah. very, very seriously. Now, just yeah. circling back to um, when you started going to kink parties. So obviously this was this was something that you'd read or, or seen and wanted to investigate further. So yeah. what, what does a, a kink party look like? How does that sort of come about? Are there clubs? Are there, is it at private residences? How did you sort of get into it in the first place? Yeah, so I guess, you know, you can think of those stereotypical eyes wide shut type of events. Mm -hmm. They do happen at private residences, invite only, and they are crazy fun. Mm -hmm. And it would completely shock the most vanilla people. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then there there used to be a party called Hellfire. Um, yeah. And that ended in uh, 2019 and it went for about 20 odd years and was run by some of my friends, Craig and Jackie. And it really just connected people in the scene and you met like-minded people. It was just held at a bar. People would be dressed up. There was always, um, you know, rules as in, you can't show genitals. Um, you yeah. know, you have to be respectful of other people. And consent is paramount in mm. the scene. And so I feel actually going to these kink parties over the years um, has actually been much safer for me as a, a young woman to go to and experience instead of going to a bar. I think the amount of times I've had my butt grabbed at a bar yes. without consent has been much greater. And, mm. you know, when, you, when you're when you in that sort of scene as well, you, it's easy to get into. There's always um, channels like FetLife, um, which is like Facebook for Kingsters. Yeah. There's Red Hot Pie, which is like swingers, um, uh, like Facebook for swingers, I should say. And, yeah, there's always ways to get in. And I guess... Because everyone has to start somewhere with mm. their self-exploration and their own journey, the, the scene is very welcoming. Yes. And they they take newbies in with open arms. And um, I think that's uh, probably one of the best things about it is everyone is just so open-minded and friendly. And sure, they might like tying someone up and... Um, you know, whipping them or flogging them. But at the end of the day, we're all still humans. And I think we're hyper aware in the scene of, um, you know, looking after each other. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Yeah, it is, I guess, those sort of extreme circumstances do bring an extreme level of consent, consideration, uh, respectfulness that I guess by its very nature, someone who wasn't uh, familiar with it would assume that it's the exact opposite. Uh, Yeah. 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 And um, I think Hollywood movies have definitely painted a terrible picture for the adult industry and also the kink industry, depending on the type of movie that 
um, yeah. just isn't true. Isn't Absolutely. True. I mean, yeah, look, um, i got to admit, I watched Fifty Shades of Grey. I read the books. I liked <laughs> the books. I thought the acting was yeah. terrible in the movie. <laughs> um, you know, but to me, what that centred around was not necessarily BDSM but control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think people uh, have a, have a bit of a misconception that uh, that BDSM is about control, when in actual fact it's about freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom and self exploration, and if you're with the right um, play partner as well, like you can really just explore some amazing parts of yourself as well that you may not have ever realised. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Anastasia, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'd love to talk to you about uh, your career path, how that has evolved over the years and the types of things that you would see in your week. We will be right back here on After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. We're back with Mistress Anastasia and it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and I really thank you for being so candid. We're one segment in and we talked in the first segment about your journey and how you came to you know, combine your work in the adult industry with your passion, which was uh, the kink world. So you've set up quite a successful business for yourself. So let's talk about that. So you are a professional dominatrix. So what does that actually look like in practice? So um, I suppose... How do I put it? I, I have my own company, mm-hmm. um, which I run. I'm a good girl. I pay my taxes. I fulfill all my business duties. And I am very serious about my business and how I run it. And I want to provide the best service to my customers, mm. to my clients. Um, just as if you know, you're in any other customer service job. And I suppose within that as well, um, social media is absolutely huge. Mm. And if anything, I'm grateful for COVID in the sense that everyone in the adult industry has had to step up their game with their online presence. And so within a a standard day, I would have at least 20 uh, SMS inquiry, the wow. occasional email inquiry, yeah. and my Instagram and Twitter and everything just go off. I have to. It takes a lot of time and effort to get back to everyone because I feel like social media engagement is paramount. Yes, and you build relationships with people as well. I travel every month. Yep. So I, what they call it, is a tour. So, like I'm a rock and roll star, I'm going on tour. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and say, for example, this month in May, I've been to Newcastle, I'm going to Dubbo, I'm going to Wagga, I'm going to Sydney, Wollongong, and then Melbourne. And so, I'm traveling around all the time. I have my BDSM kit in storage in Melbourne and... I feel like expanding nationally is really important to get my brand out there. 
Yeah. And yeah, social media, though, has been the best thing for us. Yeah. Well, look, I've been on your Instagram and it's, um, you know, it's quite impressive. And I can see that you've put a lot of work into the aesthetic of it and, you know, how it all how it all comes together. That is an yep. incredible amount of inquiries. And I can only imagine that it would take a fair bit of your day going through those inquiries. So in yep. an average week, how many how many jobs would you do? Well, because I am strictly touring, yeah. Uh, this week, for example, I don't have any jobs on, but yeah. I might be doing an online phone session. I might be doing a video session, which is from the comfort of my own home, but I'm probably dressed up in a latex cat suit. So yeah. <laughs> comfort, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so when there's a will, there's a way, you know, yeah. to reach out my my clients and I have some amazing clients as well I really have built some amazing relationships mm. over the years mm. and return clients and you know if I can't see them all the time I can still do stuff virtually yeah 100% so you said that you've got your BDSM kit in Melbourne Start in <laughs> Melbourne. what is in a BDSM kit well I have a storage locker in yes. Melbourne and I have two suitcases full of fun stuff. <laughs> wow. And that can range from um, clean sheets yes. that are ready to go, clean towels, because uh, there's only so much you can get when you're staying in an apartment or a hotel. Yes. Uh, and hygiene is extremely important. Mm-hmm. I've got whips, crops, canes. Handcuffs, I've got ball gags, face gags, hoods, what else have I got? Uh, Strap-ons, dildos, jongs, vibrators, wands. Yeah. Can you tell that I work at Flirt Adult Store as well? Yeah, I can. (laughs) (laughs) I have a ridiculous amount of toys to accompany what I do and enhance what I do as well. And so I also have a very similar kit with me here in New South Wales. So if I put all of it together, Mm. I could probably make, like, film one of our sex shots. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just uh, a shout-out to uh, the Flirt team. Uh, Do you use our code, hashtag AfterDark30, for 30% off? (laughs) Oh, look, I, I... I work at Flirt and I also teach classes through Flirt Adult Store as well. Yeah. Which I think education is extremely important. Yes. Yeah. And we teach you stuff that you don't learn in school as well. So Yeah. I, I'm one of the I'm one of the the flirt staff, so you know. They look after me very well. I bet they do. And um, they certainly look after us here on After Dark as well. But so getting back to, okay, so um, you might do a session face-to-face, you might do it virtually. Uh, You're building those relationships online. Yeah. Now, in terms of the actual physical machinations, what are you asked for a lot? Uh, There is no one session the same. Right. I'll be completely honest. And it is extremely important for me to screen and filter my clients. Yes, because predominantly 99% of them are submissive. They will, you know, they're accommodating. They will come to the table to, you know, come to an agreement as to what we 
are going to plan out. Yes. Um, even though I'm the one in control and the run, one running the session, I think it's extremely important that I am still, you know, listening to their needs and mm. wants as they're, they're, they're paying for a service, mm. essentially. And so I, I take the time to either do a consult beforehand or we might message back and forth for a, a period of time so we can just really lock that in and, you know, go through the hard limits and soft limits and just to ensure that consent is also adhered to. Yes, yeah, 100%. So if you can explain to those people at home a hard limit and a soft limit, explain the, the difference with that. So they use a traffic light system within the King community. Yes. Uh, like green, yellow or amber and then red. And so essentially green, you don't need to, you don't need to say anything to that one. You just go. Yeah. And then for amber, it's like if you say amber, you're saying, oh, hang on a second, maybe this is too far or this is too much. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just dial it back a bit. Yeah. Um, and then red is a hard no. Right. Like stop play immediately. Right. I'm not okay. Okay. And But in saying that, I think it's always important to communicate with the person that I'm seeing because they might have their own their own safe words and their own codes. Mm. And at the end of the day, they're going to be the one saying it, not me, if we get to that point. So if they had their own thing like pineapple or, you know, banana or supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, you know, that's up to them. I will leave that in their hands. Right. But with with a session, we always plan it out beforehand. I won't tell them necessarily everything that I'm getting up to, but I'll make sure that I'm ticking Picking the boxes for what they want out of a session with me. Sure. And, you know, it, within that session, I could cover um, impact play, so whipping, cropping, slapping, spanking, and then it could be doing mummification. Where Ooh, how's things- that work? <laughs> <laughs> um, so mummification, it, it's pretty much what, what you would think it would be. Think about the mummies in in Egypt yep. where you get wrapped up and there's certain levels to it. You can be really extreme and fully submerse someone and, you know, cover their face in uh, it's like a, a stretch plastic wrap that you use on packing pallets. Yes. And it just sort of sticks to itself. Right. And so you can do full head to toe and you can poke holes in so they can breathe because obviously that is important. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just, you can just do their torso or you can do from the neck down and depending on what else is happening in that session, you might cut some little holes in some certain places yeah. to reach some things. <laughs> right. Fair. I get it. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the, the more way out things that you've been asked to do? I mean, I mean, we are on the edge here when we're, when we're dealing with BDSM, but what are, what yeah. are some of the things? So I'm assuming, um, I'm assuming uh, sort of, uh, things like uh, being led around by a ch- with a chain and, and that sort of thing is, is a fairly common request if they were submissive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, within a session, I feel like some of the really common things um, is being spanked and pegged. Yes. So when you're having sex with someone with a strap on. Yes. Up the butt. 
Yeah. Which is really fun. But some <laughs> of the more extreme stuff, which I don't get asked for that often, but I do, and I have had professional training for it, is um, extreme cock and ball torture, specifically kicking someone in the ball. Right. And, yes, I have returned clients for those sessions. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and you would have to be, like, as you said, like you would have to have training around that because you would yeah. have to – it's meant to hurt, but you would obviously have to do it the right way to um, stop any rupture, like ruptured testicles or, or things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They say in the King community, uh, safe, sane and consensual. Really, it should be safer because everything we do in life has a risk to it. Yes. But if you can do things safer – and that's much better. And I guess when you're doing something like cock and ball torture, whether you're kicking someone in the balls, you're putting pegs on their balls, you're um, putting rings on it, you know, and you're cutting off the blood flow, if you don't know what you're doing, you can really hurt someone and they can end up in hospital and have lifelong damage as well. Wow. And so um, when, I was, when I was about maybe 24, there was a place in Sydney called Uber. This is before Uber Eats, Uber <laughs> Driving, all yep. that sort of stuff. Yep. And they did classes there. And so they would professionally teach people how to safely, I can't even make this up, how to safely light someone on fire, how to safely do knife play, how to safely do needle play, how to safely kick someone in the balls, how to safely do X, Y, and Z. So education is Super, super important. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just blow my mind. I'm just like, how do you safely set someone on fire? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fetish. Fireplay is a fetish. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. And it might be, you know, just basic stuff where it's highlighted to you. So if you are doing fireplay, don't have any hazardous materials right near you. Don't have your hair right in the way of the flame. Don't have flammable materials on, you know. Yeah. So bringing the awareness back to the safety I think is really important as well. 100%. Look, we've got more to dive into. This has been absolutely fascinating and I can't wait to dive into it with you further. We are speaking tonight on After Dark to Mistress Anastasia. Oh, God. Can I say it right? Anastasia. All right. Anastasia. Yeah. We are, we are talking tonight to Mistress Anastasia and we will be right back on After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store, Hamilton. We're back with Mistress Anastasia here on After Dark and we have delved into the world of kink tonight. She is a professional dominatrix and I must thank you for being so candid with our listeners and really painting the picture of what your job looks like. It's really appreciated. It can be uh, something that isn't in polite conversation. So it's wonderful to be able to... um, Uh, pull the covers off this a little bit. So I wanted to talk to you today about the, I guess, the psychology around your clients Um, and, and, you know, what you have observed their stories to be in uh, pursuing a, 
a dominatrix and having a submissive role? Yes. Mm. So some people that I see are very secretive about what they what their life is like outside of yeah. our session and that's totally fine and I completely respect that. Yeah. And then some people are quite um, quite comfortable to open up with me as well mm. and they might talk to me about their life, what they do for work, their living situation and everything like that. Mm. And I'm not sure if you've ever watched the TV show. I know we spoke before about how movies don't necessarily paint the right picture, but there is a TV show called Billions where the head judge, yep. uh, because he's always in power in his life and in his job, he sees a mistress. Yes. To be completely submissive. And I think the psychology behind that is completely true. Sometimes yeah. you are in control of absolutely every aspect of your life mm. and you never have the time to sort of let your hair down and let someone else take control. And it's really refreshing when you do that. I can completely see that because, you know, particularly someone like a judge or someone who's a CEO or someone who just has to wear the boss pants and provide and do all of that stuff, I guess the pressure to be in their masculine 24-7 gets overwhelming and they just, their relaxation is just giving that control away. Yeah, they want to be free. Yeah. They want to feel free. Yeah, absolutely. And have you have you sort of? I guess that you because you you mentioned that you have repeat clientele. Yeah. So, do you build relationships with those people? Like, are they are they people that you would consider that you had um, sort of, even if it wasn't an emotional relationship, a cerebral relationship with them um, outside of your, your sessions, sort of thing? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about seeing them physically outside of your sessions, but uh, that you have an understanding of who they are as a person? Oh, absolutely. I have some amazing connections and relationships. I would call them little micro-relationships. Mm. They, they need nurturing and love and care, and even though – I might see someone and I'll have them tied up and I will be, you know, whipping them until their butt is bright red or whatever it might be. At the end of the day, we're still humans and I think there's still a level of intimacy that needs to go into what I do because I'm not here to completely degrade someone unless they want me to. Um, But in the bedroom, it's different what happens and then outside of that, I think, you know, maintaining aftercare is extremely important. Yeah. So I like to just spend some quality time either before and or after the play session to, you know, just come back down to reality and make them feel like they're loved essentially. Mm. And so that's really important to me and my clients are extremely important to me and I've met some amazing humans that I will forever cherish and very rarely will I have a bad client, very, very, very rarely. And so it makes me love my job even more and, you know, I want to, once they've completely opened up to me and they've given themselves to me, I think it's only fair that I... I love and nurture them and cuddle them and make them feel really good and 
you know, I don't want them to leave feeling like, oh, God, what you've have take, I just done? You've taken something from me. Yeah. 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 And so I guess that's where maybe maybe that's where the repeat clientele comes from is that we can do really intense things together and sessions together and then be humans and, you know, cuddle and come back to reality and then they can walk out and be happy and obviously rebook me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I love that um, that is uh, an important part of what you do and I can see that you would need to foster that relationship because they are giving control 110% to you. And I guess yeah. as women we can relate to that because, um, you know, there's a vulnerability uh, within us as well that we have certainly all experienced at times where we're like, are we completely safe? to open up to this person and I guess that's the same for them and they so you need to um nurture them particularly you know afterwards and you know and make them feel like you know as as crazy as it got that they are still loved and human and I think that that's that's a beautiful side to um to what you're doing yeah and it could be even just the basics of you know they'll be laying there completely drained mm. and probably in a euphoric state because that's what the body will do. Yeah. And I'll make sure that I get them some water, make sure I'm holding them, make sure they're feeling okay. Do they need a blanket? Do they need, you know, their clothes? Like what What do they need that I can make them feel comfortable? And I always maintain that my, my space that I use is a, a safe, non-judgmental space. Yes, absolutely. Anastasia, I thank you so much for your candor tonight on After Dark. Uh, This has been absolutely a revelation to a lot of people who, uh, you know, don't know about BDSM and the kink space. I think that it's blasted a lot of preconceptions out of the water tonight and I really am so appreciative of you sharing your story with us on After Dark. Thank you so much for having me and letting me uh, go through what I what I do. Yeah, yeah, it is a, an absolutely amazing story. That was Mistress Anastasia, and you're listening to After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton. Well, it's been quite a journey that we've taken together tonight, hasn't it, dear listener? I've learnt a thing or two, and I hope that you have too. It's what we're all about, ripping back the covers of sexual exploration and expanding the mind. I'll be back for another After Dark, same bat time, same bat channel, next week at 8pm. I'm Louise Wilkinson. Thank you for your company. You're listening to Newcastle Live Radio. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Brought to you by Flirt Adult Store Hamilton.